We got to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. It is my purpose to complete chapter 2 today because it seems like to end the year in completing the study of Peter's warning about false prophets. The church is always plagued with false prophets. And the only reason it can trouble us is because individually we don't arm ourselves with the word of God. We don't enswathe ourselves with doctrinal purity as it's presented in the scriptures. The scripture's so plain. It's available for us today. And so we we ponder and we, we wonder why are people tricked and duped into false teaching. Now, to keep it in its perspective, here, all right, let's go back to, to the time when Peter shamed himself in denying the Lord, and yet still the Lord expressed confidence in him. And he was told that after his being sifted by the devil, he was told that he should strengthen his brethren. Peter of all people, having betrayed the Lord with cursing. So after it was all over and after the resurrection and the appearance of Christ, the empty tomb that Peter saw, Himself, all that had happened in such a brief time, and then out there to eat breakfast, food prepared by the Lord on the banks of the lake. And Jesus said, Do you love me more than these? Three times. And he told him to feed his lambs and to feed his sheep. Peter was there. In the ultimate betrayal of Judas. And shortly after the ascension of Christ, early in the teachings of the apostles, false prophets appeared with ulterior motives. Now, let me tell you, this made Peter angry. You can tell here by the language that he uses. So let's now look. Uh, back and we're back in chapter 2 of 2 Peter and uh, we're beginning at verse 12. Peter continues with his tirade against false teachers. These, however, like irrational animals. First thing he's going to make here in this section of the scripture is that these false teachers are deceptive. They're, they're deceivers. Like irrational animals, having been born as creatures uh, of instinct for capture and destruction, blaspheming in what they have no knowledge, will in the destruction of those creatures also be destroyed, suffering wrong as the wage of wrong, esteeming as pleasure in daytime debauchery. Their blots or stains and their blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while feasting with you. They are there with 
these Christians. But they have an agenda. And the agenda is focused on them, that is, the personal teachers. They intend to draw as many as they can away to themselves. And they do that with, uh, with their false teachings. And you're going to see in this passage as we go through, you see up here, esteeming as pleasure in daytime. You're going to see through this thing that their, their false teaching focuses in, in this case, it, it focuses on uh, sexual misbehavior, adultery, it's called. It could be translated an adulteress. It's, uh, it's an interesting, we'll get there in, in a slide or two. It's an interesting passage. But the point is to be made that throughout the church, the church needs to be aware of deceptive teaching, especially with regard to sexual behavior. The church today is plagued with false prophets who offer or give to the church some kind of freedom. The word freedom, they're, they're offering a quote freedom, close quote, in their teaching to those who are unstable and part of that freedom has to do with sexual behavior. Now, the sexual behavior, if you write a book on sexual misbehavior as a pastor, you almost have to revise the book on a monthly basis because there was a, there, there's every kind of sexual misbehavior that's being created by, by a depraved uh, mentality. I saw one the other day, it's a new, a new word. I may get this wrong, it reads something like this. An abdicosexual, heterosexual, homosexual, yeah. abdicosexual. So I'm thinking, well, I've been around the block, but I hadn't been far enough around the block, I guess. I had to look that up. It's a person who can choose to identify as what he ever wants to identify with at any point in time. He can go this way or go that way or change his mind or do this, and he can do that just any time he wants to. So he's, he's whatever he wants to be at the moment, sexually. <laughs> okay. So they have a word for that. Now, I'm not scathing against any particular group, but I do, I think it, it's, it's an effective thing to bring to light into modern Christianity. My grandmother, Owens, well, all of the Owens' prior to my daddy, uh, my daddy's generation, his brothers and so on. Prior to that, they were all Methodists. 
and they were extraordinarily strict. My grandmother Owens would never eat on Friday. Now she lived to be 94. I don't know when she started this, I guess ever since she was a child and old enough to be trained in her religious home. They didn't eat on Friday because it was the day the Lord was slain on the cross. All of her life, very strict. My daddy, I was uh, 13 years old, I think, when she passed away. My daddy was her youngest she was in her bed and they had called the family in and one at a time. And she had 13 children. So, you know, you didn't, he was the youngest and he didn't know if he was going to make it before she went on or not. Uh, but he took me in there. My mother was with him and my sister, but my grandmother was, her, her mouth was moving. She was in a greatly weakened state. But he said, come here, Charles, and bend over and listen. And my grandmother Owens was quoting the 23rd Psalm as she passed. And it wasn't long after that, she, she passed away. Very strict, very strict in her life. She gave these instructions. Now, she all, now I don't know how many decades she was married to my granddaddy but the my dad and his brothers and sisters never heard my granddaddy or my grandmother call each other by their first name she always referred to my granddaddy as Mr. Owens and they had 13 kids <laughs> Always kept her hair in a tight bun. It would never let anyone but Mr. Owens see her hair down. She had very long hair, what well, I'm told. And left this instruction. Now, I'm reflecting on her, the strictness of her life, how strict she was in her life and her family and people that led up to... She gave this instruction. She said... There was a woman who lived with her named Mrs. Smith. Miss Smith was her caretaker. And then she had daughters and daughters-in-law. And she gave this instruction, I will not let a man look upon my body. When I am dead, I will not be embalmed. And my caretaker and my daughters and daughters-in-law will dress me. Well, we had to have a quick funeral because she wasn't embalmed. Extraordinarily strict. Now, I'm making a point here. What the Methodists, the United Methodists, have recently been through. I, I get these online magazines and journals, and almost in every one of them was a, a new uh, report on how much further into the acceptance of sexual misbehavior the United Methodists had gone. It's not just them, the other, other, other denominations as well, but uh, just recently, and, you know, Catholics and, and, and Christians are like oil and water. It's kind of hard to, to, 
compare the two, but the Pope recently, he said that uh, their priests should bless same-sex marriages and all this kind of thing. We live in a day where false prophets are doing exactly what these guys did. It's no different. And it made Peter angry. And he approached it directly. So he says, they are so far gone in their twisted mentality regarding sexual behavior that what usually people hide in the nighttime and do, they esteem it as pleasure even in the daytime. They don't care. And they reveled in their deceptions while they feasted with Christians. They laughed about it. And because those who were supposed to be Christians had not been taught or refused to be taught, didn't read their Bible, didn't listen to apostolic doctrine in their day, were drawn away. Because it seemed to give them a freedom that made them feel okay regarding sexual misbehavior. That's, that's what's going on here. So they're being deceived. So number one, these guys are happy deceivers. Let's keep looking at it. Having eyes full of adultery. Now you have to go up here. Uh, Makalitos. Uh, eyes full of and unceasing. It's, it's seen down here in the, uh, well, we'll get to it in a minute. I won't, I won't. Having eyes full of adultery. Now, what is adultery? Biblical definition. Adultery is when a married person engages in sexual activity with any person at all other than his or her spouse. That's adultery. Now, marriage in the Bible is, you know, the, even Jesus re repeats what's said in Genesis. A man shall leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife. And the masculine gender of husband and the feminine gender of wife, very clear. It's never, we can't, it won't change because Koine Greek is, 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 is cemented in history. That language is not going to change. So, you know, marriage and acceptable sexual behavior is between a man and a woman. And when the two come together, they become mankind. They're one, mankind. Now, if either of them forsakes the other and has sexual activity, it doesn't matter if the man does it with a man or a man does it with another woman or the wife in the same way. It doesn't matter. It's adultery. Strictly forbidden in the scripture. Now, okay. These guys have eyes full of adultery. In other words, they are not just looking themselves to forsake 
the sacred marriage vow and bed, but they are they intend to draw others away with them. Eyes full of adultery, unceasing from sin, enticing unestablished souls. Unestablished souls. People who don't know any better and apparently don't want to know better. I've had people who come to me with problems. They would show up at the office and come in and they would present a problem they were facing. And I would say, well, that's, the, you know, that's a simple matter to address. And I would open the scripture, the Bible, to a passage of scripture that would come to my mind that was similar to what this person was facing. And I've actually had people in that setting say, I know what that says, but. Said, what are you coming to me for? I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a higher recommendation than what's in the Bible. Or an alternative recommendation. I don't have any other recommendation. If you don't believe the Bible, an angel from heaven cannot help you. Nothing can help you. So then, unceasing from sin, enticing unestablished souls having a heart trained in greed these guys are shysters they know they have a methodology they are accursed children they are accursed it can't get any plainer than that so not only are they deceivers they are accursed they don't even belong with everybody else. They are accursed children. Having left the straight way, <laughs> they have gone astray, having followed. I have those underlined because in the aorist active, and, and that means it's there, it's always there, it's not going to change. Having left the straight way, gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Basor. Basor is a place, uh, Beor or Pithor is his Daddy, he's either, he can be the son of a, of a geographical place or the son of a man. That's why it says Bosor. Who loved the wage of unrighteousness. However, he had reproof for his own transgression by a mute donkey. Having spoken in a man's voice, it restrained the madness of the prophet. So they're compared with Balaam, who was for sale. He was a religious guy and he was for sale. He took money and he would bless people or whatever. I've told you this before. But my mother was my Sunday school teacher. And I guess I do this because I'm so guilty about it. And back in those days, it was only the King James Version. There was no other version. From time to time, my mother would say, I want to go around the room and I want you to quote your favorite Bible verse. I was always ready. Numbers 22, 27 and 28. Balaam smote his ass 
with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. See, I could get away with that back then. Once. I, got, I, got, I tried it a second time. It didn't work. I thought nobody can stop me in the, in the, in the church from quoting the Bible. I was a mean kid. And I was always in it for a good laugh. I was surrounded by my cousins who would giggle every time I quoted my favorite passage of scripture. Until mine got smoked. And then it, <laughs> it wasn't so funny anymore. Okay. Just a minute. Balaam was for sale. Now as it goes, Yahweh forbade, you know, he even, the angel came and the angel's going to kill him. Balaam on his donkey and that's when his donkey tried to stop and then he rubbed him up against the wall and messed up his leg and then finally Balaam had enough he was going to beat his donkey his donkey the Lord opened up his donkey's mouth he's going to talk to him and it still didn't matter later on in the story in the book of numbers the elders come from Moab and Midian having been sent by King Balak going to give him a whole boatload of money just Curse the Israelites. He took the money and he said, I've got this figured out. The Israelites are supposed to marry Israelites. They're not supposed to introduce pagan husbands or wives into the group. It'll mess them up. These beautiful Moabite women can come around and dance and slither and do all the stuff that they do in front of these young Hebrew men and they'll chase them. They'll marry them. And you're going to introduce, you're going to introduce this pagan religion because the mamas are going to teach the kids and it's going to spoil the whole thing and their God will not put up with it and put a stop to the whole nation. So that's what he, that's what he proposed to do. Now in, in context where we are, it had to do with sexual activity. Can you see that? So these, these guys are the same way. And he was an accursed. These, these false prophets are accursed children. Not only that, they're empty. Everything they say is meaningless. They have nothing there. Start, here we go. There are springs... These are springs without water, mists driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been kept. The gloom of darkness. Christ, Christ called it darkness, the outer darkness, the outer one. Now that's the lake of fire. That's the final, that's the final place of the unsaved, of the reprobate. Of the non-elect, they're going to be in that place forever and burn and carry on. For speaking arrogant words of emptiness, vanity, they entice by sensual lusts of the flesh. 
those barely escaping from those living in error. He's referencing pagans here. Promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what anyone is subdued, by that he is enslaved. These these slick-talking false prophets who have done this before, they make money at it. They care nothing about the faith. They're in it for themselves, and they have an angle. And their angle is always to offer those who would follow their teaching a freedom that they feel they don't have, a sense of freedom that they don't have by, by being in Christ, in the faith. Now, that's a true test of faith. There's more to who you are than who you claim to be in Christ. And my teaching will set you free so that you can come into this which is more and better and it's happy and it's wonderful. And they had to pay this guy. He was, like Balaam, he was for sale. And so when people came to follow him, they were subdued. Once subdued, they were enslaved. They were, their true, their true unredeemed nature revealed itself. For if they're overcome, having both escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and having again been entangled in them, then the last state has become worse for them than the first. That's exactly what Christ taught. Those who watched him perform miracles, Corazon Bethsaida, you remember? Woe to you, it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for you in the time of judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have my presence and my miracles. And you did. Judgment for you. Because I have been here and you have seen me and you've been taught. Judgment for you is going to be worse than it is for them. That's why he says... For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. The message of the true proverb has happened to them. A dog returns to its own vomit and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. Now why is that? their nature it's it's the nature of what the animal is you can spruce him up you can train him to do tricks and do all kinds of things I've had lots of dogs in my life but if he throws it up he wants it back and you can scold him or try to stop him but let him have it A sow, I have never known a sow, I haven't known that many, <laughs> for which you should be thankful. A sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire, the slop, nasty. My uncle had a farm, and my daddy pastored a, 
small bivocational church way out of town. And this, about every Sunday, the same family fed us, and this guy had pigs. Well, they were nasty. Didn't matter what you do, they'd go right back to what they were doing. Now, that is what he said about those who were so easily led astray. They are in, they are written about in Peter's epistle because they were there among others who were true believers. They were taught, they heard, and apparently were going along to a certain extent, but they were also the easiest ones to be drawn away. Why? Because it was their real nature. And their nature had never changed. Unredeemed. Unregenerate. A dog returns to its own vomit. A sow after washing returns to the wallowing in the mire. Because, previous line, the message of the true proverb is what happened to them. The truth, and this is from the book of Proverbs, as a matter of fact, the truth of the word of God was actually revealed in their lives. And this happens all the time, all the way through the history of Christianity. False teaching, deceit, deceptiveness, the, the false prophet who is in it for his own personal gain. And the easiest thing that he finds to draw people away is to give them some kind of proclaimed so-called freedom apparently in sexual promiscuity or or sexual misbehavior. The, the libertines back in the time of the Renaissance, oh man, horrible stories about people who claimed to be high in the church and yet because their favorite part of the scriptures was this, where grace, where sin abounds, Grace much more abounds. And therefore, <laughs> their false teachers were teaching, the more you sin, the more grace you get. So let's just go out and sin. See how twisted that is. Because their, because their spirits had never, they'd never been born again. Had no regeneration whatsoever. False prophets. Now the next chapter gets a little happier, thank God. But I thought I would leave you with a note of the anger of Peter, who said they're just nasty animals. They're going to die with brutes who have an instinct to do nothing but destroy. See, that's like a, it's kind of sad to think about, but that's like a ravenous wolf or a tiger. You know, go ahead. Go ahead, reach in there and <laughs> watch it on YouTube. The guy, he was real smart. He was going to reach in and pet a tiger. Thing like to bit his hand off. That's his instinct. That's his nature. It's a, it's a thing of depravity and, and viciousness. In the same manner, these false prophets are going to die in their destruction. In other words, they're, 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 they'll go to hell. They, there's no hope for them. They're, they're irreparable in the way that they are, according to Peter. 
and he's really angry about it. But he brings them around in the next chapter, the closing of Peter, Second Peter, to happier thoughts. But for now, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came into this world to save sinners. Our prayer is that if you came in without Christ today, you won't leave that way. We have deacons and wives as you exit, standing in the doorways of rooms just across the hall, ready to meet with you and to pray with you about your salvation. But for now, let's stand and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer.